Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here today with Tage from Mind Decay Productions and Zach Mild, who you may know from his bands Come Mierda and Oxalate, who are once again coming together this year to bring uh, Brooklyn, New York, the Necrofest uh, Festival. Did I get all that right, gentlemen? You got it. You got it. Hell super, yeah. Super fast, man. Welcome to the Heavy Hole Podcast, and thank you for your time, both you guys. Thank you so much for, for having us. Podcast rules, like, huge fan. Like, so many great interviews I've heard you do. Hell yeah, been looking forward to this. Thank you, man. I got to say right back at you. I was familiar, for the listeners, right off the bat, For I was familiarizing myself, um, you know, not not just today. I ha- You know, I have been aware of it uh, the last few months. The Mind Decay uh, YouTube channel. Um, you have, you have, you have clips, you have interviews, um, and people, I'm just going to put it like this. Listeners of the heavy hole podcast might, might, uh, enjoy some of that content as, as well. Cause it's interviews of bands. You kind of go in depth, you have some different questions. So I want to salute you on that, man. It's, it's, it's great material. And I want to uh, urge heavy hole podcast listeners to check that out. First of all, as we peel back this onion of an episode today, cause you guys, you guys have your hands in a few pots, man. Um, and thank you so much. I really appreciate that coming from you. Of of course, man. Of course. Man. Uh, um, so yeah, I just want to shoot it right back at you, man. Um, so as I said, Mind Decay Productions, that's, uh, it's mainly, it's mainly media, right? And Necrofest is more the booking end of things where, where as far as like your, your, uh, participation. 100%. I really handle everything other than maybe like flyers and promo videos, everything that I do as Tage and Mind Decay Productions happens after the fest and post with full set videos with really good audio mixes last year we had a noise war audio uh zach the drummer from gel on station from in new jersey um he did some of the mixes and also my other friend from new jersey who plays in a great death grind band beastial tongues his name is alex um alex does incredible mixes he mixed the 200 saboon set last year and the assanguinated set last year um amongst a bunch of other great death metal mixes and uh, Zach did uh, the gel um, and uh, Nomas and a few others as well. Um, so we do the full set videos as well as the interviews that you've seen. And I know that we did a, a cool interview clip with you outside. Jackie interviewed you. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we love doing it. Uh, it's fun. At Necrofest, we have Jackie do interviews. I also do my like behind the camera interviews. It's a lot of fun. Oh, wait, I got to say one thing. You said every, you do everything after the fest, but like during the fest, you're out there filming, you know what I mean? Going crazy. You're like filming the bands and filming interviews. You know what I mean? You're just like running around going crazy. So like, I, I salute that, dude. You got you got the grind. <laughs> That's true. I probably get to have more fun than anybody at the fest. It's really cool. I get to hang out in the Vitus basement, the legendary basement, talk to people, do interviews. Like, I don't know how I got in. I like Trojan my, I Trojan horse myself in with the camera. It was sick as hell. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I love doing it. I get to go on stage and do the drum cam and get to like see behind the drums and like talk to people, like wish them a great set. That's always fun. Um, I don't know. I, I love doing the videos. It's so much fun. So yeah, I, I guess during the fest, I'm like my most busiest. I'm at like cage at highest form. But uh, <laughs> all the work that I'm doing is for after. Yeah. Um, I, well, you said something funny there, but it's, it's true, man. For younger, 
um, aspiring photographers and videographers, if you go to a show with a camera in your hand, nobody knows you're not professional. So you might be able to really, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of bands who maybe don't have good live shots or a good group shot for their next album or something like that, man. So a camera is a good way to to, to get in, you know, if, if, you, um, if you're looking for an in in the scene. Uh, shout, shout to Shitgazer. Um, Shitgazer putting out some cool videos of the, the local scene lately, man. But um, Lucas, my, oh, I, I don't oh. know if he goes with his name, but Hood 56. Uh, yes. Hood 56 is the man. Huge Necrofest. I'm hoping he'll be there here this year. I want to do an interview with him this year. You sh- I want to do an interview with him this year, man. You know, sometimes people say something and it's like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you know what I mean, man? Yeah, shout to Lu. I've known Lucas a while. Many years uh, in the underground scene, he's always been a, a I remember him being like one of two people that came out to a Buckshot facelift show many years ago. So I'll always love him for that, man. And he's what he's doing with Hood Five Six is great now. Uh, he was at the he was at the show last night out there at the Broadway. I was I was telling him last night, like yeah, I always see you, you're always so supportive. Like you know what I mean? The scene is like that's like the bedrock of the scene. People like that, you know what I mean? Who're just like always out there, like always giving back. <clears throat> 100% man and I'm glad to see him doing the the videos now man. So all right before we get um too far ahead well let, let's uh, you know we're, we're this far so let me tell the listeners first of all um Necrofest is taking place this year the uh it's the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of June, right? Yes, 2nd, 3rd of June at St. Vitus and then the 4th of June at the Kingsland for day 3. Got it. And we're going to break down the lineup and the kind of ways you've curated the different days, um, still mixing genres, but in, in, in interesting ways uh, uh, and all that. But let's get a little background like we always do with Heavy Hole Podcast guests. Um, Tej, I'll start with you and then 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 we'll ask Zach the same line of questioning. Um, I usually ask, are you from a musical family? And I will ask that. Are you from a family that in any way influenced your uh, your interest in underground music, or maybe even just the the idea of documenting things and this journalist journalistic uh, idea. I don't know. Does any of that come from your family or your upbringing? And um, does does the idea of documenting, curating, and booking shows somehow have to to do with uh, your family, you know, business or anything, or not? Well, I'll say this: I love my family so much. Um, but before I go there, um, just to comment on the thing about like being a photographer in the scene um, is what I love about it so much is it gives like having the camera, like we talked about, like the camera can be like a tool to get into shows. Like it, it also kind of gives you a purpose within the community and the scene. And like, if I'm not a musician, it gives me a way to kind of give back to my friends who are making great music because everybody wants to be involved and everybody wants to, you know, it's so cool. Of course, everybody wants to be involved. That's why there's so many bands or demo tapes trying to do the thing. So for me, it was just kind of a natural way of like, I like so many different bands and so many different styles that it was like, how can I be involved with everyone? And it was a great way. So that's what I love most, I guess, like it's part of some of the original aspirations as well as what keeps me going for the video stuff. Um, As far as my family, um, my dad comes to most of the shows that we film with me. So if, if you see me, you wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be hard to find my dad. My dad is, the best partner that I've had for mine to I've had a few others, but my dad is my favorite person to work with as like, as that has been, I love working with my dad, man. He's the best. There's nobody's more understanding and supportive and more understanding of my outcome and my goal to promote and uplift the scene and to also have a lot of fun doing it. So my dad's the best. He always helped me and it, just a supportive dad. I mean, that makes everything easier. 
because it gives you the means and resources as a young person like myself to do what we do and to get to Brooklyn all the way from South Jersey. So dad's the best. Mom's the best too, because she allows it all to happen. Um, but my parents are musical people. I think my dad showed me metal for the first time at like five or six. It was the white zombie music video for Thunder Kiss 65. <laughs> okay. Great, great introduction. <laughs> yeah what white zombie's good because like elements of it teeter on extreme like the the vocals are like halfway to death metal vocals in a way you know what i mean he's he's kind of growling man. <laughs> on the visual end i love rob zombie yeah it was such the yeah. perfect introduction for me with the big monsters and werewolves and like goth babes like it was the perfect six-year-old page imagery and aesthetic so i, I think definitely getting me into like getting into heavy music went along with like that whole horror Halloween circus freak show image. Um, we just put out a music video for our friends, a local band blemish. I love blemish. They're, they're great. They're like a death grind band from Jersey. And uh, we used a bunch of like old carnival and circus like footage. And it was really cool. It reminded me of like something I would have been into back in the day of like a Rob zombie, like, fan-made video or something but like with like a death grind feel because they're like a death grind band and now i've kind of come a little bit further with the mind decay thing and like the directing so i think i was able to find some cool clips and also there's tons of great live footage of the band that we filmed because we've seen them like six times uh i think zach has probably booked most of those shows <laughs> definitely qxt's like twice south jersey slaughter the, the, the new brunswick basements dude there's so many fit with vitus yeah, locker. Uh, dude, I yeah the vomit fourth B locker show. Dude, I remember at the Bandit Knoll Blemish show, you had booked it at Vitus, but you weren't there. I think one of your bands was on tour, and like yeah. everyone was praising the name of Zach Miles. Uh, Call Me Murder was in Colorado. Oh shit, that's cool. Yeah, we were in Colorado for that, but yeah, I wanted to be at that show. It's an amazing lineup, but you got amazing footage of Gene. <laughs> of oh Bandit. yeah, that it was a good one. Being crazy. <laughs> Gene was just amazing that night. Everybody was really good that night. That was a great, that was a great show. Uh, all right, but man. It was cool. But, it was like a, such a cool hang. Vitus is a great hang. Vi Vitus is great, and the team there is such that, Zach, you could actually book a show and be on tour with your band, and the home team was kind of running running it, right? At Vitus, that's what you're talking about? We have a shout-out to Dano, amazing production manager. Shout-out to Dave, like, amazing, you know, like, talent buyer. George, Artie, just, like, the whole team, Evelina on door. Like, everyone who's there is just, like, 10 out of 10, just, like, A-plus human. There for the right reasons. They all just, like, love being there. They love the music. And that's, like, that place really is, like, a church and, and like, a family. You know, I've I've personally, I've been playing shows there for almost 10 years, but I've been just, like, working and involved there for almost, like, seven or eight years at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, I have no, I, I would never even think about wanting to leave. You know what I mean? I love it there so much. They're, they're just amazing. Not to gush, but it's the truth. <laughs> I, I would have to second all that stuff that you just said, man. It's um I've I've you know, I've had the opportunity to play at a lot of venues around the country and Vitus definitely has something special going on. Um there's there's not a Vitus every every day and, and there's definitely not a Vitus in every town, you know, so we have to appreciate it. Um I think one about Vitus is um is that it is like started by people who play in bands. You know what I mean? So the whole the whole aspect is like, okay, we wanna run this from the perspective of like bands on tour, what would they want? Because we've been in this. So it's not like some big, like corporate business. It's like dudes who have been in bands trying to make a venue for other dudes who have been in bands to try to make that experience better. 
So I think that, you know what I mean? That's one of the reasons why I think it's like a great venue. Yeah, it's it's run run from the inside of the underground, um, so to yeah. speak. So, Zach, what about what about you? We had the same kind of question. Um, growing up as a kid, is is music in your family? Um, is is the idea of heavy metal in your family? Does you know do, do does anyone else growing up play a role in getting you into heavy metal? That sort of thing. A little bit of your story. Okay, so. Um... My, none of my parents were musicians per se, but my dad definitely had a huge influence in just my musical upbringing. Like, you know, he was showing me all the classic rock stuff when I was younger. He showed me Black Sabbath when I was in like sixth grade. And that definitely just blew my mind. And I would just like have the headphones on for like hours at a time. You know what I mean? Just like obsessing. I was like, I've never heard anything like this. And then I had an uncle who was a musician and he was a really big influence, my Uncle Rebby. And I think um, in one way to support me and one way to like fuck with my parents, like, the one Christmas he bought me like an acoustic guitar. And then the next Christmas he bought me like a drum machine. Like he would just buy me like loud things. Just, you know what I mean? Like it was to, to help support me, but also just to like fuck with my dad too. But at, you know, at the end of the day, like it was like super positive and yeah. Well, you know, my first concert, like I went to with my dad and my, uh, my uncle, I got to see buddy guy in a uh, elementary school in Bozeman, Montana, when I was like six or seven, like it wasn't, it wasn't for little kids. It was just, they were doing the show like in a elementary school, like gymnasium. And then from there, like, you know, my father and I, like, we'll go to concerts together. Like, he's into a lot of, like, cool bands. And then once I was into music, you know, you start meeting other kids who are, like, into music. And then you meet some older kids or just other kids who just show you bands. Like, you know what I mean? I remember finding out about Pantera from, like, my one friend's older brother. Or finding out about, like, Cannibal Corpse from some kid who was, like, a couple years older than me. Because I was like, oh, that's, what's that shirt? Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Some kid just, some older, you know what I mean? So it's just like that. And then. And then you start making music. And then once, like, I started a band with someone, I knew it's, like, this is what I love doing. You know what I mean? It's just it makes me happy to do it. And it's, like, that per progression. And then I was definitely, like, you know, like, nerdy, like, metal kid in high school. And, you know, it was just, like, all I wanted to do is just, like, listen to, like, Dying Fetus and, like, Immortal and, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And now as I'm older, like, I can appreciate the stuff that was happening that maybe I thought was, like, stupid, like, post-hardcore stuff. Like, not my favorite genre, but that's what was, like, naturally happening when I was going through high school. And I can appreciate it more now as, like, I'm older. But, you know, I, I just, I love music. It's, it's definitely, like, a passion. And through that passion, like, that passion you could see through the fest. And also, I, I just wanted to mention, uh, Tage and I work on the fest, but also uh, Jackie from Call Me Merida and Josh from Pink Masks are, like, the other two people who run the fest with me. And they're equally as involved as I am. I, Sorry to get all right. <laughs> no, no, great. And, and I did mention at the top, I said your team. Uh, and I did want you to explain that. Jackie, also a fixture in the local scene for many years now. Josh as well. Um, and, and I, you know, everyone works very hard behind the scenes. Now, you take, well, well, well before we get to, to ahead of ourselves, is guitar your first instrument? And maybe take us through that. How, what, what age do you start playing guitar? So guitar is my first instrument. Once I got the acoustic guitar from my uncle, like I was fussing around on it, I'll get lessons, but I definitely like had some concentration problems. So the lessons didn't take immediately. But then maybe when I was like 10 or 11, um, I just started to get able, started to get to the point where I could kind of put chords together. And then once I started writing my own music, it was like, that was it. That was like the game change where it's like, oh, I could create something that wasn't there before. 
You know what I mean? And then from there, like, then I just always been in bands. And I've always just been about like writing. I love writing. I love creating like new projects. But that was like the key was like kind of just creating my own thing first. You know what I mean? Like learning covers was fun, but like creating something that probably like if I listen to it now, it's probably super derivative of whatever I was listening to. But just like that act of creation was just like a huge game change for me. Was your was Holdra your first uh, like quote unquote serious band that you played out with? No. And- no, I was in some terrible bands when I was in high school. <laughs> um, and then, I, and then I, like my first like band that I would say was like sort of decent. I was in like a black metal band when I was in high school. It was called Grim Monolith. And then I found out when I was in the band that that was actually a Magic the Gathering thing. So when I was in the band, I was like, oh, that's lame. But now I think Magic the Gathering rules. So I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that I had that as the name. But yeah, it was called Grim Monolith. It was like a black metal band. And then when I went to college, like I was in some like like classic rock like jammy band with these kids that like that i went to college with but then through that band like i met this drummer and then we started like a death metal band in staten island and then after that band broke up i started another band with the dudes who would eventually be with the drummer from whole like would eventually become holdra like it was like a like a prog metal band called lionel Pryor. but then from that band we did holdra so like i'm i'm like old man i'm I'm in my 30s i've been doing this shit forever like Yeah, dude. I mean, I we, we've been we've been crossing paths many times. You've booked other bands of mine in the past and everything. It's it's good to catch up and we we you know we learn a little. I learn I learn a little bit about um a lot of people I've known a long time. I learn new things about people when I get you in the podcast, man. So it's always it's good to you know reminisce. I I remember playing the Meat Locker many times with Holdra. Um, yeah. Probably going back seven or eight years. It's scary to really think about how t- how fast time flies. <laughs> that um, base. Aunt Claire, remember the bait like uh, Josh's birthday? Yes, that was a crazy show, <laughs> like in that like random basement, Aunt Claire. It was like snowing, I think, and there was water getting into the basement, and it, it was yeah, it was real sketchy, <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> it was super fun. There's a video of Buckshot facelift of, like playing one song on YouTube still from that show. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, and you can kind of see. I'll, maybe I'll try to post it to to um. The social media for the listeners because it's like you can kind of see they pan like they pan over to the crowd and it, it, you look like you're in the laundry room of some some house somewhere. <laughs> Pretty much were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, we literally were. All right, man. So, um, and and then quickly just just to round it out, um, Tage, you you're have have you ever been in a band or played an instrument or have you always been more on the media end of things? No, I mean everybody has like a fake band when you're like a little kid. But uh, no real bands, not a real musician. Um, That's a lot. No, I, I really, I really kind of found my way with the media stuff. Um, I like doing interviews. I've done. I think the interviews is what dates back the longest. I interviewed, uh, not Long Island, but I know they're New York, New York, New Jersey death metal band, Eye of the Destroyer. Yes. Shout yeah. <laughs> out Bayway, dude. They're crushing it. Yeah, shout out Bayway. <laughs> I gotta get Joe um, on. That's another guy, Joe. I gotta get him. He's a character, man. I, I like Joe. He's a good guy. That guy, yeah, Joe's a good guy. <laughs> I interviewed Joe when I was like ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Wait, so you've been go you've been going in sh- to shows and the underground thing like literally since you were ten or since, since what age? Maybe maybe I was eleven or twelve. I think I was more eleven or twelve. That okay. was at like a a punk rock flea market. I hadn't fully found like underground death metal shows yet, but I had just kind of discovered death metal and they were playing a punk rock flea market. And I was like, Oh my God, like you finally got like a metal band. They always got like punk bands. And I like punk, but like, I, I like death metal better. So they finally got a death metal band. And I was like, this is for me. 
So we stayed, and uh, I think, I don't know, it might have been a different different time at the same punk rock flea market. It was called the Asbury Park Punk Rock Flea Market. Keith did it. He was awesome. They're still doing it. Uh, I just remember going to them as a kid. They were awesome. Uh, I remember Six Shit, Gel, before they were called Gel, uh, played one time, and I, that was the first time I saw them, too. But I interviewed Joe from Eye of the Destroyer. Like I might have been 12 years old, and that was kind of my first exposure to like underground. And then around the same time period, I got the opportunity. I had just reached out over email and I got the opportunity to interview Gary Holt from uh, Exodus and Slayer at the time. So it was like kind of like a culmination of two worlds. I remember in like one week where I interviewed like an underground New Jersey death metal band and like a, a thrash legend. So it was like that kind of ended up being like a a weird like parallel that I kind of see myself in now on occasion where I'll do like a do an awesome local show that like I love doing that's just like with the homies like Blemish or Replicant or Oxalate and then like also have like a really big festival like Necrofest coming up with big bands that are coming on the tour you know yeah yeah and quickly you said not a real musician uh but you can't minimize what you contribute to the scene um people you know people like you were kind of like the joints keeping a lot of the you know the, the action going man um and let me ask you this you, you know, being an interviewer, um, uh, have, having obviously like studied that or, or you know, um, made that a part of your what you want to do in the scene. Do you study or are you influenced or inspired by any kind of journalists or interviewers on whether it's on YouTube or from the past or anything metal, maybe, you know, just in the world of journalism? I don't know. Is there any like anyone that you kind of look up to in that way in, in the world of media? I wish there were more. I like stuff, but I don't feel like anything particularly I go, oh, that really influences my style. Um, I always just like when I'm doing an interview, because I love the music so much, I always just take it from a perspective of what am I most interested to learn about the people that I'm talking to? What would be most, what would I be most enthusiastic to hear from them? Um, whether it be a curiosity of mine or something that I just feel like would like be. I don't know. Yeah, usually it's just based on a curiosity of mine, and that's kind of just where I start. But I don't know. Sometimes I can just kind of see in my head what I'm looking for um, from a piece. Like the Necrofest documentary, or what I, I just called it a short documentary because I didn't know what to call it. But uh, dude, the piece I, that we made, I love it. Oh, it's so cool, dude. I, I love it. It's my, I, it might be my favorite thing I've done. Um, when we did that, I didn't even know what to, like I said, I didn't even know what to call it. I just knew that I wanted this cool piece. I, I do remember at the time I was watching a lot of this YouTube channel called All Gas, No Breaks. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, They yeah, do yeah. sick edits. Yeah. Uh, channel Our, 5 is yeah. like newer channel. Yeah. Um, I think they might have gotten some trouble. I don't know. But I know that he has sick videos with sick edits. And it's a cool interviewing style. It's not exactly my style because um, I don't do anything with myself on camera but i like to get interviewers and last year we had jackie and jackie is so charismatic i think we were talking about jackie earlier um yeah. another thing that's like jackie is an incredible promoter and does a great job of producing the fest something that i have really nothing to do with that's all josh jackie and zach but um jackie also since i've gotten involved i didn't get involved until the second necro fest um the first necro fest happened before the pandemic and i wasn't involved yet um but at the second necro fest jackie also got involved in our media end of things and we collaborated for interviews um 
Jackie was like doing like three or four debt. What do you say? I said she's just like a straight up like old school MTV VJ. Like she just she popped, bro. She got the she had the star. Like it just that it just popped like her doing it. It was like, yep, yeah, like you do this, like you got this. Like what I like about her perspective is a she's really fun and charismatic. So everyone like she's like, and then two, I think it's really cool, kind of like similar to you, Will, because you guys share the perspective of being in a band. So it's like instead of like having to deal with like some hacky rock news dork. You deal with somebody who kind of relates to you. <laughs> like, and somebody that you can kind of share the perspective with. It's kind of an equal conversation. Like, especially in this po- in this podcast format. Unfortunately, at a show, we don't have the length of time to do, like, as in-depth as this. The most in-depth I've gotten to go at a show, though, was an interview we did at Necrofest with Roger from Nomos. And it, like, that was just one I did by myself. Jackie, that was just me and Roger. Jackie didn't do that one. Um, that like changed my life in the entire way that I interview people. I'm so grateful for Roger and just the way that that day laid out. It was weird. Like he's such an inspiration to the way that I look at the scene as like a community to help people express themselves and have like community to enjoy with, you know, like it's kind of like when you can share a common interest in a common thing that we enjoy, it's kind of like having a family away from your family. And I'm lucky. I have a family who can relate to the music stuff like we talked about earlier. But not everybody does. So to have the community of shows and, like you said, a place like Vitus, if you're lucky enough to be on the East Coast close enough to Brooklyn to get there, a place like Vitus is, like, the hub to network with your community and to have a place to express yourself freely. So I'm so grateful for Vitus for doing the work and taking the gamble to stay open and to constantly put on real shows, real talented music. Cool. You see a lot of clubs selling out, doing lame shows or lame events that aren't, you know, I mean, they, they bring people, but they, they stink. Or you see, like, I won't name names, but I saw a club in Atlantic City, New Jersey, that ripped off some bands, and it was very lame. And Vitus never does that. Vitus is a reputable place that rocks. Bands enjoy playing there. They make a great experience for the bands, the audience, and the people in between, like myself, who are doing media. It's, it's always a pleasure working at Vitus. So the best shout out to the sound people. I remember last year they had Laney, Jeff, and Rob. What did you say? No, I, I interrupted you, but I was, I was, when I was naming the people before, like, I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to name the sound people. But yeah, like, you're They rule. They're the best. They make everything happen. Yeah. Uh, my, Without the them, there'd be no show. My rule of thumb on stage is it, when, when I remember to. I get flustered up there sometimes. I always try to shout out the security and door people and the, the sound engineers um, because that you never know when that's going to help you to be on those people's good side, man. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's trust, <laughs> trust me. It's the golden rule, right? You just treat other people the way you want to be treated. It's just, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's the easy one. Exactly. Yeah, and and you mentioned Roger from Nomas, uh, that interview. I watched that earlier today. That's the one where he spoke to the importance of uh, inclusion in regards to Latino people uh, in the underground metal community, right? Yes, that's the clip that's yeah. out. That's like a six-minute clip. We did yeah. like 35 minutes. I would love to see the whole 35 minutes. I would I would love to interview him myself. I mean, I trust me, I got a list a mile long and I only have so much time. There's so many people I want to get to on this podcast. But um uh, just pushing forward, I really recommend people check that out on the Mind Decay Productions YouTube channel um and I'm sure I'm not the only one who'd like to see the entirety of the interview or more clips because he's very good at articulating himself um and and 
uh, he's obviously speaking from like a very genuine uh, place. You know what I mean, man? And I, I really liked what he had to say. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, other people might benefit from it or find it um, thought provoking and, and interesting. And and just it made me reflect on growing up, uh, growing up in the metal in the sense of growing up in metal, going to shows on Long Island and Brooklyn and Queens. There was always, um, or so I thought, uh, a healthy representation of Latino people, especially in Brooklyn and Queens. But to get his perspective on it, you know, kind of made, made me think about things, man. So I, I really appreciate that, man. Um, recommend people check that out. And um, on that note, quickly, before we before we start this full breakdown of this year's Necrofest and all the bands playing... Um, with, with Mind Decay Productions, with the interviews, do you have any plans going forward for, like, just more, more interviews not necessarily related to, um, to Necrofest or, or branching it out into a podcast yourself or anything like that? So, um, yeah, I would say about the Roger stuff, just to go slightly backwards, it's an important topic, and I, I think he really speaks on it well, because as much as it's about him voicing his community of Latino people, um, I think he finds a way to talk about inclusivity, like you said, amongst everybody, amongst people of different genders, amongst people of different lifestyles and sexualities, amongst people of different races and backgrounds and cultures. And just people, you know, so I remember he said, like, it doesn't even have to be his race. It could be like my age, it could be somebody who's young. You know, it, like I, I just, I remember him being very broad in the sense of people's inclusivity. So I thought it was such an awesome clip because it's about, um, Latin representation within harsh music, but it's all kind of about inclusivity and the openness to express yourself and express your culture and express your background of who you are along with your love of heavy music. That heavy music isn't meant to be in a box. It's meant to be um, kind of like a portrait. Like it goes with the portrait of who you are. By liking heavy music, you're not narrowing yourself down into following the death metal thing. You're kind of expanding the death metal thing into your own perspective. You know what I mean? That's what I like about your bands, like Artificial Brain and Afterbirth, where it kind of takes on its own a step, but not to get too sidetracked. But I do like that stuff. It's unique, but I don't want to get too sidetracked. In interviewing, um, yeah, there's some long-term visions. Um, I like putting together the event recaps or whatever you would call them. I have a video on the Mind UK channel called uh, What's Your Favorite or What's Your Best Mosh Pit Story? Um, they're all, it's a compilation of interviews that we did at a show in February at the Meat Locker, Vomit Fourth Headline. Mm. And it was just a cool example of like, we did a bunch of interviews that day at that show. And it's kind of just a compilation of highlights of people's answers to the question and just some fun stuff that people said. So I, I really enjoyed those videos. I think they're fun to watch where it just kind of runs through an event and you really get to see like the insides of the venue and all the people who are hanging out. You really get a feel for the experience to kind of, kind of gives you the urge to go to a show so i'm yeah. hoping to make more of those or release them more consistently uh, again another clip i liked you had two young guys who weren't necessarily from a background where they were exposed to heavy metal and hardcore and said that they went to like a you know a party more of like a family party or you know whatever some sort of party where a band was i forget what the band was that they said but and then they went off about all these young bands that people should check out and shit man it was it was really because i've seen that before where you're at a diy spot and kids from the neighborhood just see something going on and all of a sudden you got kids that are getting into hardcore metal through that you know what happens very naturally that was another cool one man i like the man on the street interviews a lot thank you I, those are my favorite to do I love getting to interview the audience as well. The thing I want to say about this year's Necrofest is not only do we want to interview 
um, band members. We want to interview as many bands as we can, whether it's me, Jackie, or we're going to have, I think, a few other interviewers, just some people of Necrofest team, not necessarily the three promoters, but just like some friends, like for example, um, Chris, you may know him from the Staten Island area. He plays in the Oxalate. Chris, we got to get Chris on the mic this year because Chris rules. <laughs> Chris rules. You know Chris is going on the mic this year. Rules, huh? <laughs> I have no... <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, Chris got Chris got the great voice too for it. Hell yeah, he does, dude. He's just got the right like charisma and personality. <laughs> you gotta watch those. Uh, sta- and I guess Staten some other people in my who have mentioned that they might want to do like an interview or two. So I think we're gonna have a diversity of people like conducting interviews, which will be really fun too. But not only do I want to interview bands and have those people interview bands, we also want to interview crap. One of my favorite interviews that I've ever done was with a dude. It was the first interview I did on Saturday of Necrofest last year. It was with a good friend of ours, Pat, um, just a guy that we knew from the audience of Necrofest. We had seen him at Dungeon Death and a bunch of other shows that we had filmed throughout the year. So it was like, hey, we're seeing Pat again. And Pat did an interview with us. And it like totally inspired me for the day. It was like the best. So I love interviewing like the crowd because that's what keeps everything alive. So I, I think it's great to... Not like, those, like I say it, like, and I don't want to sound pretentious, like those people don't have a voice, but I also think there should be more, I don't know, yeah, I think it's cool that, like, I want to hear from them, I'm curious what they have to say, so it's cool to, like, have a platform where not only does the headlining band have a voice, but, like, the people who pay tickets to go see them have a voice. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I've had a few guests, not many over the years, because there's so many artists I want to get, but, you know, shout to, um, uh, uh, John Osgood, he's a big Christian death metal guy, but he gave us his whole life story of being into Christian death metal and collecting music. Um, uh, Chris Penrod, who who is who is an who is an artist himself, but is is known notoriously as the chicken suit guy at Maryland Death Fest. Um, you know, and and also my my he's a good friend. We did an interview. He's a he's a nice guy. I like I like Chris. He gave us a real cool interview. Um, and and also my my rotating band of co-hosts. Uh, some of whom are not in bands themselves. It's always good to get that perspective of the music. But the, dude, just, just like I said before, you booking the shows and filming the bands is, is is like the joints in between keeping the bands going. The lifeblood of it is the people buying the records and buying the tickets, even though they're not performing or have anything invested in it at all, except for their own entertainment. You know, I mean, and those that's if it wasn't for all those people, you know, what would we be doing here? You know, it would be a art. You know, it literally would be an art project. Um, yeah, you're you're right, man. So. That being said, now um, let's talk about. Um, I I got the um, flyers up here. The first day, uh, June the second, uh, is going to be that. You said the first two days are at St. Vitus. Is at Vitus, yeah. Um, we're talking doors at six p.m. Thirty dollars. Headlining act, uh, Spy. Yeah, Spy from San Francisco. Really awesome. Record man. release show of sorts. Record release show. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the album comes out that day. I don't know if they're calling okay. it officially the record release show, but the album, I think it's called Satisfaction. First full-length album from Spy. I think it's like 10 tracks, I want to say, coming yeah. out that day. So hopefully they do some new shit and some of the old classics. I Now, I admittedly am old. Uh, so I'm gonna. I want you guys for me and and the fell and the guys older than. There's even older people than me that listen to the show. Break it down a little bit because I'm not familiar with some of the bands. Um, okay. on on this day, tell me a little bit about Spy and Mexican Coke and uh, and Dusters, who seem to be the three headlining bands, and then we'll break it down from there. This is real punk rock. 
Okay. I'll yes, Zach take it from there. It's like it's a nice intersection of punk and hardcore. And it's definitely like a lot of uh, like stompy parts, but it like I think that's it's a lot of like mosh parts. But it's a good intersection of punk and hardcore, and then they have just like a dynamic presence live. You know what I mean? It's I like bands that you know on record it's sick, but when they're playing live, it's like some special, and it's like when a band like Spies playing, it pulls you right in. And same with like Mexican Coke, they're like a dynamic live band. They're definitely more uh, also kind of like a punk, like punk hardcore band, just like some really grimy shit. It's their first New York show, so I'm really stoked about that. They're uh, out from uh, Houston, Texas, so that's going to be awesome. And they're after Necrofest, they're going to be touring with Jive Bomb. And they're a band that's going to, like, they're definitely, like, you know, going to blow up. Like, their music is sick. Their live show's dynamic. And then Dusters are, like, the sickest fucking, they're, like, the sickest oi band on the East Coast, in my in my opinion. They're sick. Like, they're from Jersey. They're one of the, be- like, best bands in New Jersey, but definitely one of the sickest oi bands. Another band with an amazing live show. Uh, vocalist Nishad is a fucking real rock and roller. They're all rock and rollers, but yeah, it's like real. That that's definitely a little more straight punk, a little more like fucking, you know, I I would say like D beat. It's more like Oi, but it definitely it, it's a little heavier than Oi sometimes. And it's like another band that there's like a lot of like dynamic dynamicism to the music. So yeah, three fucking awesome bands. <laughs> you played a real like you know post pandemic infamous jersey punk show in highland park right after the pandemic i remember that i didn't go but i remember seeing footage i, I couldn't go i was so bummed but i remember seeing footage of it it looked insane oh yeah the under the bridge show like with, yeah like i think like phantom played too there's a bunch of sick bands played that yeah all right man i see yeah this the the um admittedly the punk scene isn't my specialty but i'm very interested in this and this is what i like is you guys obviously are a little bit younger than me um and and you're you're curating bands that are kind of on the come up now. I think you guys see see bands that are on the cusp of things and put them on there. Let's keep going, man. Tell me a little bit about self sabotage. So self sabotage is another, I would say like hardcore but like punk band. Like they have like both type of parts. Uh, West band from L.A. Uh, super super tight. Another great live band. Uh, lots of mosh parts. Um everyone in the band like individually all the things that individually do are good there's a lot of like like crossover type of stuff with them as well and they're also like really good friends like they're uh call me merida like played some shows with them out in uh, la and in mexico and they they really like blew us away like every night like so sick so yeah they're they're like a super sick band they have been they've played vitus once before i think they played with uh with gel and uh dog breath and some other bands and we met them uh through dusters uh dusters booked a show in like a new brunswick basement and it was like urban waste call me merida dusters self-sabotage and uh one other band and yeah it was like six show and like we just immediately like hit it off after playing and you know stayed in touch and then now they're coming out here again okay and just for the listeners too call me Erda is your band um yes which is which fits very appropriately a little bit of punk a little bit of grind if i don't say so myself that's that's kind of what i get from it um you have a i'll endorse comierda i'll do because i don't want him to feel like he has to or that we're gonna skip it i'll say that like uh comi merida is uh myself but also jackie's the vocalist of comi merida so she's she's also doing double duty as running the fest and playing a set (laughs) 
All right. But and, continue. And, and Taze, you This was- is the Necrofest house band. And listen, <laughs> I'm not trying to be biased. I'm not trying to, to shit on nobody. But this is definitely in the top of my, like, top three. Like, this top five, top three bands that I'm excited to see this weekend has to be Comier. I have not seen them in, like, six or seven months, which does not sound, like, too long. But there was a point where I felt like I saw them once a month. And they were so good. It brought so much joy to my my life, filming and editing Comier Division. And I'm so excited to do it again. They got some new songs they're going to be playing, and I'm really excited to hear them. I love Comier. Jackie is an amazing performer. Excellent front woman. And like she does these awesome bends where she's doing like a back bend and her vocals still sound spot on. She's not sacrificing the quality of her voice to do dope stage antics, but she's still doing dope stage antics. She's one of my favorite performers. She holds up with all of the boys, as far as I'm concerned. So very excited for Comier. If if I tried to bend over backwards and do vocals, I'd have to I'd probably end up having to use a a rascal to get around after that. You know what those are? The the scooters for like real older people. <laughs> I'd probably fuck yep. myself up real bad, dude. Keep doing Necrofest. Like if I'm doing them in like twenty years, I'll probably have to have some of those outside for some of the patrons, dude. Like Yeah, yeah, dude. I'll I'll be I'll be one of me. Uh no 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 shout to Rick from Grace Guys, the Staten Island guy himself, man. He's been he's been uh exercise. He's, he's very athletic lately, man. I gotta get like him, man. He lost a lot of weight on that uh that Peloton, we talk about it, man. But enough about that. Yeah, come here. You guys can check out on Bandcamp. Um, there's the demo and the EP out there. Like we said, uh, kind of a punk grindcore outfit. Um, Zach, who we're talking to, is banned for the listeners if you're playing catch-up. Uh, and um, you guys are playing June the 2nd with those other bands we talked about. That's the more punk grindcore hardcore theme night i like that you got uh the the the, the fact that they're you describe them as an oi band i i like that man i um it's a scene where i have a, my a good buddy of mine skinhead mel he was he was supposed to come on a long time ago and do a whole oi episode maybe we'll get that again but and um going forward now uh the very next day um saturday june the 3rd uh 35 at the st vitus bar still what you're going to get Sanguasugabog, uh, right off the rip, headlining. The listeners should know we did an episode with Cody. We did an episode with uh, Devin uh, a long time ago. Got to maybe go get some of the other guys on the band. But the people know Sanguasugabog, right? Yeah. It's a great band, like killer band. And it's it's kind of – it's been really awesome to just watch their arc of just writing excellent shit, grinding it out, playing shows, and then seeing that, like – seeing that actually does – like give you a result like you know what i mean like if you're out there writing cool stuff and you're working hard and touring like it could happen you know what i mean because they just they just do they they do all the things they write cool stuff they go out there and they work their ass off and like they're having great success and you know, you know what i mean and, and I, I just like love seeing that for them because their music really is like so sick and they are just all like killer people like i listened to the episode uh that you did with cody and that was such a excellent episode you know what i mean it was just really like interesting like a lot of interesting insights and just like a, just a very like on point dude <laughs> you know what i mean he knows what he's doing yeah and he's bringing back the new metal fashion big time i gotta i gotta <laughs> i just gotta salute that man the more we get baggy pants back the better off i am um so sanguasugabuck jarhead fertilizer right off there another band that we see on some of those bigger tour package 
you know, uh, um, you know, flyers going out. I mean, they, that's a band that's been putting work out for years. People know Jarhead Fertilizer as well. I like the pairing of them with Sangasuga Bog. It's just, it's, it's like getting cocked yeah. over the head with with two different clubs. You know, <laughs> Jarhead Fertilizer is just so good. Like, they, you know what I mean? There's just, it's just like anyone who'll see them live. That's just basically where you're gonna say, like, you know what I mean? How it's like, how 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 much of a higher compliment can you say like than just like that blew my mind or that was amazing you know what i mean it's just like that level you're just like whoa when you see them finish playing it's just a level of mastery on on such like smooth brain music like i, I don't think i've ever heard the, the combination like you know what i mean it's like so it's like so good and definitely a band like on record it's sick but live it's just like another level i mean they're all great dave's a ridiculous drummer like you know he's just just on another level dave is an animal yeah <laughs> He's one of I got those... to see Go ahead, go ahead, go I ahead. I got to see uh Full of Hell two nights in a row recently on their recent tour of Primitive Man. And uh I have not gotten to see Jarhead fertilizing it. So I'm very looking forward to getting to do the drum camp. Because I, I get the privilege of doing the drum camp, man. I get best seat in the house when Full of Hell or Jarhead fertilizer play. Because I got the eyes behind the kit. So He's he's a ripper. Jarhead fertilizer yeah. is going to be fun because he stings and flips, and I'm looking forward to that. He's a ripper. Yeah, you get the drum slash vocal cam. He's a guy because I, you know, my theory is because Full of Hell plays so much, and then Jarhead Fertilizer got real busy. He's so in practice that he's just like it's like an athlete. You know what I mean, man? He's just, he's just in the flow of it. You know, he's he's a, he's a monster. Um, and he. The first, uh, not that not that we're old friends or anything. I do love the Full of Hell guys. Haven't seen them in a while. Would love to catch up. But we did a tour with them with one of my old bands um, for for a week or two one time, and and uh, I got to know those guys a little bit. And he, I, I like he. I remember like when we actually met them. Like it was at the bar of this venue when he like just came up like shots, shots. What's up, best friend? Shots or what? Like he was just like a party animal. And like the guy, I mean, obviously I take accountability, but that guy drank me under the table and got me so drunk. And I was, I had to tell them to pull the van over so I could throw up in New Mexico on the highway. And I was saying, Dave, what did you do? But it was, it was a, t- it's tough to match that guy's energy, man. He's, he's a good guy. I, I, I like them guys. Um. Moving Fest, all savages. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Jarhead fertilizer, full and and you know while we're talking full of hell too, man. I I I appreciate the vibe. Um, a feather and bone. I didn't see that one coming. Um, I, I Yeah, I like that. I, I now, is it just me or have they maybe been in a period of inactivity? Uh, I I think they've been. I think they've played some like Europe stuff. Like they've been doing some festivals. I they had. I think they have new music coming out. Um, but yeah, they, I don't think they have released any music in like two or three years. And they haven't played at least on the East Coast since before the pandemic. Like I think they, they're at Vitus maybe 2018 or 2019. They were at Vitus on the Two Mold tour. Um, it was like them in a Feather and Bone Two Mold. And maybe they were there one time after that. I'm not sure. But yeah, so they haven't been around in a while. But that's just quality. Another like sick live band. Like just like quality band. And I also just love the like the bestial like death metal aspect that they've been really going for on their last two albums. And I think just like succeeding and crushing with, especially on the most recent CD. I really love the most recent CD. I feel like it, it's like all come together, like so perfectly. Like I just put that album on like anytime, like if I, if I want to hear just some like crazy shit, I'll put that out. That album. Yeah. I, I, um, I agree. I think what they're doing 
in this climate of OSDM and brutal death metal and caveman, whatever people want to call this stuff and what, what's going on right now, what people are pushing to the forefront with the brutality, and they, they have something cool. And I always like their name. Their name's original as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, so that, that was, yeah, like I said, I didn't want didn't to, like, you know, minimize them or anything like that, but I was pretty sure that they, they, they kind of haven't been around for a while. So that's cool. And then this, dude, you guys, phobophilic. Right. Love, love oh, okay, no. I'm sold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're so good. Just like the album they put out, again, is like such such a quality album. Like so many just t- like, I feel like with them, like very tasteful parts. Like, you know what I mean? A lot of like tasteful parts. But then live, like they crushed it. Um, where we, so Those parts are tasty. Where you were playing last night at Broadway, like I booked their first like New York show over there. Like then they crushed it. Like, you know what I mean? And now they're like, they're playing all these crazy tours like you know this another band that's just they you record you write good music and then you work really hard and then you know you're you might have you're probably gonna have success like you know what i mean it's not like some crazy like formula you know what i mean they're like they wrote cool stuff and they're out here grinding like putting in the work and you know i love them like another sick band (laughs) that is a band in my opinion with with that latest with that album they just put out they with their with their prior releases building up to that they they were building up to something they were a death metal band with this album they just released they're kind of pushing death metal forward in my opinion i really like the the progressive nature of what they're doing and it's not prog rock it's not cynic they're death metal but they're they're pro- progressing the genre you know i mean it's it's great i really like what they're doing man that's and and maybe it's something i like that they're playing these bigger shows and getting different eyes on them because I feel like maybe they were pigeonholed. Like, you know, some of the older guys might just think that they're, you know, another, oh, another bunch of hardcore kids playing death metal. You know, like, not that there's anything wrong with that, in my opinion. But I think some of the older death metal fans from the 90s who appreciated death and, you know, cynic and atheist and bands that did something a little different. Um, Phobophilic has a lot to offer. Gorguts, you know what I mean? Phobophilic is right up there with bands of that caliber for what they bring to the table, in my opinion. Um... But if I you want don't... to say, Yo, go ahead. I want to say one thing. My favorite phobophilic part, tastiest phobophilic riff. I love this little like bridge part in this song. It's like 40 seconds in. It lasts like 15 seconds. Anytime I listen to that song, I probably replay it 10 times. And what's weird is it's not the heaviest part. Like usually I'm a breakdowns guy. Like, it's like the chill, like you said, like, they're doing this progressive, it's not prog rock, because it's not, like, I don't know, it's not too, like, it's still heavy, but they found a way to do, like, a a chill bridge, but with heavy drums, so it just has, like, this intensity to it, but also, like, a chill swag. This is off topic, but I can see it on my picture. Replicant, do the same. I like, yeah, phobophilic, chill swag. Chill swag, (laughs) death metal. I like that. <laughs> Shout to those guys, man. Um, I did a whole episode. I interviewed their drummer, Vinny, uh, which is nice. very interesting, man. Vinny is the nicest. People should check that out. He had a lot to say about the lyrics of the band, and uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but if you don't... I got to listen to that. I'm interested. Yeah, he was, a good, he was a good episode, man. But maybe people don't like... Um, bands that use their noggin maybe people like like <laughs> like caveman smooth brain stupid death metal like the boys and stabbed my home i'm just being i'm come on they're my friends i can i can talk a little shit but you know maybe yeah maybe you just want to hear death metal that sounds like someone clubbing someone over the head uh outside of a um a hardware store 
in the in the back parking lot. Um, you know, sometimes it, when you're, it's like I'm on. You're writing a riff, and it's like I'm writing this riff because I want to like see people like do stupid shit in the audience. Yeah, I mean, yes. Sometimes you're writing. It's like you're trying to be all musical and crazy. Sometimes you're just like, I want to make violence happen <laughs> with, with this guitar riff. And it's like there's a place for all of those things at Necrofest. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, 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 I still, I'm being facetious here, obviously, man. I think Stabbed and Phobophilic is a great build together. Um, yeah, but, no, I, but yeah. I love everything. Oh, I love I love, love Stab. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, just two two different perspectives, I would imagine on um on death metal, but great bands. Yeah, so Stab is gonna be there, man. And um, I think that's what I love most about this Necrofest Saturday. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, no, go, um, go, yeah. I, I love that about this Necrofest Saturday, just because um you got the mix of the technical and like pro- musically focused and proficient death metal, and then you have like the moshable dirty what they call nowadays caveman death metal and i really like the blend together so i'm gonna have a day especially on such a mixed fest with the punk um first day the punk hardcore first day and then coming up we have the grind and like mixed genre day with the sunday but i won't get ahead of ourselves but uh for such a mixed genre fest to have such a strictly death metal day i think it keeps it a diverse day of music having the really technical focused type stuff and then just having that bludgeoning i love that picture that you painted of the bludgeoning outside of a hardware store like that's perfect <laughs> yeah shout out to the guys in stab man um people know that most of those guys are exsanguinated with me um we're friends now uh nakay n-a-k-a-y um re- refresh my ma- I, i'm thinking i know who that band is but i don't want to say the wrong thing yeah they're like a sick ass like kind of like like grindy death metal band from the Midwest. Like just uh I think um forget I forget the name of the the release, but Josh like showed me this release and was like, yo, we gotta book this band. And like Jackie and I and Josh, like we were all listening to it and I was like, Yeah, like we gotta get them. Like they've been they've been around for a while. Like they do a lot of touring. Just like a real really like sick band. And we like we were always trying to get just like quality bands like from all around. You know what I mean? Like, it's important that we always have, like, a couple of the local bands on, but it's really important we have, like, bands from different scenes. Like, we want to have, like, a couple of West Coast bands, some Midwest bands, maybe, like, a New England band, Southwest. You know what I mean? It's just, like, I like, like, different scenes being represented. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And and now, before we get to Sunday, so something you just said. You said they've been touring a lot. They've been doing stuff. Something that I've talked to, um, I've tried to, I've tried to explain to people maybe in up-and-coming bands, bandmates of mine, when I'm trying to explain maybe how certain things work in the, in the underground scene, if you want to get a spot on uh, not just Necrofest, but any of these regional fests that are that are popping up more and more around the country, um, don't just wait until the fest is announced and, like, send an email, you know, asking to get on it. Because you're one of, like, two dozen people that probably did that day, if not more. Like, just put in the work and get noticed. Tour, network, you know, do weekends out. Um, uh, see if there's something you could do to help other bands in your area or something like that. You know, it, it, it just... I just want to make the point that, you know, um, like what you said, that band's been touring around a lot. You want to put them on to kind of like represent their scene a little bit. It's like you got to, you know, you, you can't just rest on the laurels of of having of having the opinion that you recorded a great album. Why doesn't everyone else, you know, put on for you, you know? 
hundred percent. Like the only way you'll get noticed is if you're putting yourself out there. You know what I mean? And most of the times the only way you're going to get out there is if you're connecting with other people and engaging like in the music community, you know what I mean? You can't just like, you can't just like record a masterpiece and then just, and then just like post it on your personal pages and then expect like everyone else to notice. Like there's too much, you know what I mean? There's too much out there. You have to engage with the community. It's like the only way that it works. Like, and it's, I, I'm, I'm glad that that's the way it is because the music community is like, it's like a, it's like a beautiful thing that it is a community. You know what I mean? It's like, you could go on, not to go off on a tangent. It's like, you could just go on Facebook and go on like tour booking groups. And you know what I mean? Just like hit up random people and like book like a 10 day tour, just by engaging in this community. Like, it's not even like super hard, you know what I mean? To engage in the community. It's like really welcoming. And then once you're in it, it's like it's like a whole whirlwind of stuff and then you get noticed to be able to get on fest because like if you're not doing anything then you're not really like an active participant you know what i mean you have to like be getting or at least like getting on like local shows if you're not going to like tour yeah um and, and and we'll leave it there man i think people people get what we're talking about um and and pushing forward the final day of Necrofest 2023, Sunday, June the 4th, uh, $25 at the Kingsland. Uh, now shifting gears to the Kingsland, um, a very accessible, convenient venue uh, in, in Brooklyn still. Uh, doors 3 p.m., Terminal Nation um, headlining. Tell me a little bit about Terminal Nation. Uh, Terminal Nation is just like a band that's, another band's just been like putting in the work for like the last couple of years, and they've been building up like, They've recorded some sick albums that are on 20 bucks spin. Uh, music wise, like, you know, they have like a kind of hardcore vibe, but they also just have some real sick, like crowbar-ish, like just like heavy, like slow riffs. And it's just like really, I, they're just really heavy. Like, you know, I really like that. And also their lyrical themes, they actually, you know, they're talking about stuff that that matters to them and that matters to me as well. Like, you know what I mean? So it resonates just, just on that. And it's not in any sort of, it doesn't feel like in a, like a force way. Like, you know what I mean? It just feels like genuine. Like, so that like connects with me in that way. And uh, personally, they're all like good dudes and uh, shout out to Stan, the vocalist. He does a fest down in little rock. Uh, that's like, like he's been doing that for a couple years now. It's a really sick fest. So just a cool bunch of, cool bunch of dudes and like awesome band. And anytime, like I hear some crowbar influence, like I'm in, like I love crowbar. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Dude. And they, they, I remember years ago, somebody once told me that Hatebreed sounds like Crowbar sped up, and it makes more sense the older I get. Um, wow. They, they've influenced a lot of bands. I don't know. I'll leave it there. Um, but moving forward, um, I do know some of these bands, but as I said, I'm old, I, and I can't keep up with everything. I've seen the band Brat around, putting in work. I've seen them on social media. I know that they're doing a lot nowadays. Tell me a little bit about them. Brat's a really awesome band. They're one I, I like Brat a lot because I feel like they're uh they're like they mix genres. Like I love bands that can seamlessly mix genres and it doesn't sound like force or anything because there's a lot there's some death metal, there's some grind, there's some hardcore, there's some punk. It's kind of like all in there. Um another band with like a really like good uh like dynamic live show, really sick live band, a lot of energy and uh good you know sick riffs and uh uh, you know, represent, representing like the Southwest, like the New, the New Orleans scene, like, you know what I mean? There's like a nice scene down there, like a nice pocket of bands. And so it's like, we're, we're like happy that they were able to like, you know, come do this show. Yeah. And I see them there again, they're a band. Um, I guess people shouldn't be sleeping on. They're putting in a lot of work uh, out there and building up something for themselves. I see them. Um, deterioration 
uh, grindcore. They're from Minneapolis. Yeah, another sick like Midwest grind band. They're yeah. just very, very. I would like. It's like I don't know what their subgenre grindcore is. It's like brutal grindcore because it's just like just like that nonstop like aggression. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm yeah. just making that up. Brutal grindcore. But Party grind. Like that's what it like reminds me of. And it's just like such such a sick live band. And we're just we're super stoked that they were they were able to play. It's like a, a privilege like getting a band like that on. The deterioration yeah. are sick as fuck. They're so fun live. I saw them at Dungeon Death. Do you remember their set at Dungeon Death? Yeah, filmed it. It's amazing. It's Great chaos. job. It's awesome. Chaos. You couldn't even hear the vocals. Still incredible. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to Necrofest because I've never seen them with vocals. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good though. I view it as just like, like, I don't know, just like the last regime for like hardcore, sick ass grindcore freaks. So I love Deterioration. They represent a style of niche counterculture that i really like also just like a, a a stupid reason like when i'm like promoting the fest like i'll make like some dumb videos on instagram where i'll, I'll like sync up bands from the fest to like stupid videos of like people dancing or people like like drunk or like high on molly at a club dancing and like deterioration just like lines up with any video just it's just so brutal and they just always lines up in just unexpected and like perfect ways. And I just like, I just appreciate them because it just makes like promoting very easy for me. <laughs> and enjoyable. Hell yeah. I, yeah. Deterioration people. A lot of people listening to this podcast should know that. Check them out, man. Um, reliably brutal grindcore. Uh, <laughs> Maul. Um, I had a singer of Maul, Garrett Alvarado on the show for a whole episode uh, a while back. Um, Seraphic Punishment is the name of the album, right? And great, this, this... great death metal album. Like you know, yeah, what I mean, it's just yeah. just, a, just a killer death metal album. And we're again, like, just it's like a privilege to have them have them on. Like, great, like very, very, very death metal album. Like a lot of cool, like you know, what I mean, a lot of different genres or subgenres of death metal in that. And also personally, I just I really dig his vocals. There's a lot of different styles like he employs on and i really like the way he does it like good lead playing and another like sick live band oxalate uh played with them at lucky 13 last summer with like tombstoner and uh, a few other bands and that was that was a great show like there and we became really good friends with them and then we also played with them in chicago so it's just like you know we got a personal connection with them but i really enjoy their style of death metal a lot and just great people yeah he was a great interview um people should listen to that and uh, they have another band that has been tearing it up touring. I've been seeing them on a lot of different tour packages, a lot of different shows and fests, man. They've really been going nuts. Um, uh, Well-deserved of any hype they have now, man. But it's been cool watching that band kind of grow from this uh, obscure band that, that you know, was, was out there, and now they played all these fests and shows. It's great to watch some of these bands. Again, Phobophilic as well. It's great to watch these bands kind of rise up and get on these packages with, with larger acts, and it's all good shit, man. Um... Uh, and speak, speaking of that, Morbid Visions uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas, um, if I got that right, right? Yeah, yeah, no, another Little Rock band. Um, they're a sick death metal band. They uh, just put out some, or they're going to put out some stuff on Maggot Stomp. Um, but yeah, they're on Maggot Stomp now. Another just like, a um, little more like, like pummeling, like punishing death yeah. metal, like type of stuff, you know what I mean? Like a little moshy, but definitely like really just like a really sick death metal band and we're we're really stoked to like have them on the fest yeah you guys are kind of the curation 
I see, I, I see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this Sunday, it's definitely different than the Saturday. It's like you have this kind of raw, kind of like younger currents thing going on with the grind. It's, it's, it's hard to describe, but I appreciate the curation. This is a very raw show. It's going to be a lot of unhinged lineups, uh, un, 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 unhinged uh, uh, sets, um, and hopefully crowd going nuts. And there's a couple of bands. Big shout out to Orthopedic Cranial Encavement. Um, Love them, yeah. Taylor, like, great dudes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, we did a whole episode uh, um, with, uh, of, uh, with uh, Taylor um, Taylor Shrank, I believe. Uh, did I get his name yeah. right? I think I, so, yeah. I, I'm the worst with names. Taylor, I've interviewed a lot of people. Shout out to him. He's always been a big-time supporter of the show, uh, and now an orthopedic cranial encavement and immortal suffering, man. We did a whole episode with him you can check out. Now, here's, now here's the real... Uh, the real nitty gritty I want to get down to. Tell me about Redundant Protoplasm. I've never heard of this band, um, but it sounds like something I should be up on. Maybe I got to tell Adam Rotella about this. You know, I feel like okay. So I I feel like I'm gonna be describing it incorrectly. So I don't want anyone to get mad at me. I really like them. It's almost like it's almost like deterioration, but more death metally, or almost like sulfuric. It's like sulfuric artery, but a slightly but slight with slightly more brutal death metal. But it's like in that kind of like just like just fucking mess, but like really, but like a tight mess. And uh, like shout out to Sam Fox, who's just a total, total awesome dude, like sick Virginia guy. Like always, all his bands are always sick. He's in Night Hag as well, uh-huh. another sick band. But yeah, but yeah, Redundant, Protoplas- Redundant Protoplasm is awesome, and I'm really stoked to see them live. They were supposed to be on the Necrofest that got canceled by COVID, so we're really happy to like we were able to like get them back for this. Dope, man. Yeah, I just that name and that logo did it for me, man. I, I was like, all right, maybe I gotta check this out. Um, I dig it. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, so uh, the the second, third, and fourth of um June coming up. If you're listening to this in time when it drops, you should have a week to get your act together, uh, and plan your your epic calling out sick to work or or breaking up with your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever you got to do to get to Necrofest 2023. Uh, June 2nd and 3rd at the St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn. Sunday the 4th, wrapping it up at the Kingsland. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the first day is the, the, like, the punk hardcore grindcore day. The second day is the beating people over the head with clubs death metal day. Uh, and the, and the third day is, like, the, um, the, 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 let's, let's phrase this right. Let's phrase this right. The kind of hairy, sweaty um uh uh breath kind of stank in your face like it's like death metal with a punk attitude day maybe if if i'm getting at it right i don't know okay i like that you know i'm so excited for sunday it's gonna be such a cool hang it i feel like yeah it's it's unhinged yeah i feel like one of the things we we want to try to do with the fest is get like younger bands or bands that are, you know, on the come up because we all like, you know, we all kind of watch the scene. We see different bands come, we see different bands releasing. So we're just trying to get these bands that we really, really like that we really think, you know, maybe we were not going to be able to get again. You know what I mean? Because they're going to like get so big. So we want to get them now because we believe in like all these bands that we book that we think that, you know, they're all going on to do like great things. You know what I mean? We just want to be like a small stepping stone in these, in this like, great career that all these bands are going to have because we i really like think that like every single band on on here i'm like stoked to watch like you know lat 
last year, like I was doing door, like I'm not going to do door this year because I want to just be like watching all the bands and, you know what I mean? And enjoying and being in, in, in that part of it. It's like really, really important to me because I really love this lineup. Like not to gush over, but I really do. I love, I'm so excited. You, you got to love it to do it, man. Um, but on that note, uh, we've been going for a while, but just quickly, I wanted to ask you guys a little bit just for the behind the scenes, because I think a lot of people play like, uh, you know, armchair quarterback or call it whatever you want. You know, people in their head, they think about what they would book as a fest, what they would want to put together as a fest. But it's not that easy um, when, when you when you get down to brass tacks. Um, what are some of the struggles behind the scenes? Is it uh, do you end up do you end up having to go through like like drafts and drafts of lineups because you can't get certain bands? You have to make certain tour commitments line up in Brooklyn, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's definitely like, you know, it's definitely helps to just the earlier you start, the better, because then if you get, you know, a band committed to the fest, then, you know, their agent will route like a tour, like around that like type of thing, which helps because and then also it's, you know, every a lot of the bands have agents and they're all, you know, there's different agents, you know, so just keeping track of like all that can be, you know, a thing sometimes. But for the most part, like everyone's pretty easy to deal with. And luckily this year, knock on wood, like everything's been smooth in terms of just like no one's had to like cancel last minute. So that's been like super super nice that's always scary scary part but i mean for me honestly i don't find any part of it like like work at all like it's like i i love it like i'll, I'll be sitting there like smiling cheesing like a maniac just like sending out emails because i'm just like so excited and i'll just be sitting there scribbling the notebook like you know p- potential lineup the set times how much and then like how much each band's gonna like want you know what i mean on like the side and just be making these like little like handwritten like microsoft excel things in the notebook because i'm just like super excited so it's and josh and jackie are, are the same way like we have the group chat so we'll just be shooting you know different bands let's hit up this band hey i have an idea let's hit up this band we all just like are so excited about it you know you know each year we all hit up different bands and have like different angles you know we're trying to come towards or different things so it's like a real it's like a real brain trust of a thing and really there's like the only issue like we ever really have is just making sure everyone's like schedules line up besides that it's just like it's like making like a wish list and then like we get to like get people from our wish list to just like come play our fest and it's like a joy like it's like a joyous thing fair enough man um yeah you put in the if you if you build it they will come that was in a movie once um but uh, fair enough man so all that being said guys i'll give you the opportunity at the end to plug and promote anything else uh you wish um, as we said, we want people to check out Comierda and Oxalate, uh, Zach's bands that he plays is that, and, uh, and Jackie, who's, uh, not, not on the line with us, but just as, uh, much a member of this Necrofest, um, uh, excursion. Josh, are we allowed to say what band Josh is in? Or is that like breaking, breaking the, 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 the mystery? It's okay. Everybody knows he's in Pink Mass. <laughs> and he's, he's also, he's also in a band called, and shout out to Pink Mass. They're about to play Northwest Terror Fest. So yes, I'm really stoked yeah. for Yeah, that's gonna be That's a sick day of music. And then also he's in this band called Schmuck with yes. my buddy with my buddy Oliver. That's also like a really cool, like kind of grindy, like mince just like dookie band. And they and they rule. So shout out to Schmuck. Okay, man. I gotta get Josh on. Dude, there's every time I do an interview during the course of the conversation, it's like a dozen more people I wanna interview. It's just it never stops. <laughs> um but uh, uh fair enough, man. So 
Um, and and uh, Tage, obviously, Mind Decay Productions um, is your uh, media entity. Uh, you have a YouTube channel. I, I told people, please check out the interviews. I like the content. Uh, do, do more of it. Um, as you said, you're going to be uh, interviewing and capturing content uh, around this, fe- this fest and other things. Um, so with that being said, guys, here's the part where I'm going to ask each of you to take a minute and recommend for me and the listeners uh, one older and one newer release by any artist you like, metal or otherwise. Just just off the cuff, no no hard time periods, but just something old and something a little bit newer for me and, and the uh, other people to check out. Great question. You want to go first? No, you, you got to go first. All right. Um, I'm putting so, you on the spot. I guess I guess say a bunch, but I guess one that pops into mind um there's this guitar player from japan uh takanaka and his album an insatiable high from like 1979 or 1980 is just like a wonderful piece of music it's so good like tasty guitar playing amazing arrangements like kind of funky kind of like fusiony but it just makes me like very happy when i listen to it and i feel like it'll have that effect on a lot of other people so it's like almost like medicinal music but yeah his name is uh, takanaka amazing guitar player um what and was, what was the album? Of, oh, sorry. What was the name of that album, Takanaka? Called an, an Insatiable High. Okay. Got it. I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah, no, it, dude, it's it's really good. It's good stuff. And then I guess for um, a newer release, I would say, um, you know, Gel just, Gel just put out a new full length. I think everyone should check that out. It's really good. Like, represent New Jersey hardcore and just, like, New Jersey bands, like, so yeah, go check out the new gel. Hell yeah, gel! Another band making a big imprint on the scene right now. There's a lot of there's a lot of attention on extreme music nowadays, and there are a lot of hardworking young bands uh, taking taking advantage of that. Man, nothing wrong with yeah. it. Um, Tage, uh, uh, something old and something new. Okay, so I'm a young guy. I don't feel like an authority on anything old at all. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I'm just catching up on like how good Crowbar is. I just got into, like, regurgitation. So, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm, like, got any old picks that are, like, that you haven't heard of. You know what I mean? But, I don't know. A point I was, we were, me and Zach were talking on the phone before this, and a point I was making not to just blow smoke, but uh, was we were talking about how good Afterbirth are, and I was saying, like, it's kind of like American Demolage. So, like, just with the vocal style. And I was just jamming Demolich for the first time in like a year or two the other day. So old stuff that comes to mind, I'm kind of on a 90s death metal kick. But it's nothing that you wouldn't know because I'm not like niche. Yeah, but- now the new stuff, I got plenty. <laughs> the new stuff, I'm loving on Vomit Forth lately. Vomit Forth are excellent. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there's going to be some bands that you know, but for the listeners or for anyone, here's who I've been jamming. I've been jamming that new Enforced album. Maybe the hardest thrash that I've heard in a very long time. Since I was a youth, this is the hardest thrash. It brought back my love of thrash. Uh, Replicant are one of the most technically devastating. It's like, it's got hard breakdown and just like amazing technical parts. Kind of like what we were saying about Phobic Phillips. Just like an amazing death metal band like that. Um, I, I've mentioned them a couple times in this, but Nomas, Nomas got consumed, deny, repent out. I think that's one of the hardest metal albums. It's a grind album. People call, say it's a grind album, but I feel like they get pigeonholed and grind a little. I, I view it as a very great death metal, thrash metal, hardcore grind crossover. They're one of those bands. 
kind of like what Zach was saying about brat, but in a much different way, where it's a great natural blend of a lot of different genres. So I don't even know what to call them. And I think because they're so fast, people just call them grind, which there's nothing wrong with because the drumming is so technical and grindy that it's sick. But it's very technical for grind. It's not that loose, sloppy style. And I love that in grind. So I think they're a unique band, and I always enjoy their music. Um, and shout out to that new Gel album as well. Headline Sunday last year for Necrofest. They were incredible. Shout out Blame God. They were incredible on Sunday last year. Love Blame God, no. man. Uh, Blame God shout out to Sam Sherrick, uh, my drummer in... Not just my drummer, everyone's drummer <laughs> in New York. Um, this is also another Necrofest essential in my eyes. Yeah. Like, one of the one of his bands got it. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's got to be, like, a tradition. 100%, 100% man. It's, Sam, Sam's out there. Um, And uh, it's, so you mentioned regurgitation, bro. When I was, like, 15 years old, I ordered their demo from Ben Deskins, the guitarist. The conceived and vomit <laughs> demo, just to just to put into perspective how uh, how old and decrepit I am compared to <laughs> your your virile youth, Tage. Um, uh, <laughs> and um, thank you, thank you for the compliment. Uh, seriously, though, uh, uh, for bringing up Afterbirth and and hyping Afterbirth like that. And I will say, objectively, because I, as everyone knows, I was not the original singer in Afterbirth. My two biggest influences when I was trying to learn how to do guttural vocals from a teenager all through my life were Auntie Bowman from Demolich and uh, uh, Matt Duncan, the original singer of Afterbirth. May he rest in peace. So um, I'll just leave it at that, man. Thank you for the compliment. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be the singer of one of my favorite bands growing up in afterbirth um so it's it's you know i i just appreciate that people are into it and people appreciate the work that those guys have put in all these years so i don't want to run this too long but that's what i love about this community is you sometimes like because it's kind of a you know everybody's human and everybody kind of forges it themselves it's not run by a big business or certain things that make it kind of like a, a fence that you can't get over so sometimes things that were childhood dreams become very tangible in your later life after putting in that hard work that you and Zach were talking about. So, you know, it's a very rewarding music scene to be a part of. I'm so grateful this is the music that I like because it, it has one of the most vibrant communities of DIY that's out there. I can't even think of another music or art community that compares to, to how engaged people are in the culture and in the lifestyle and the music. It's, it's the coolest. So, I don't even remember where I started on that. I, I just know that, yeah, like you said, like joining one of your favorite childhood bands. It's just like there's a lot of opportunity playing this type of music or being involved. Like I don't even play it. I just film shows to do things that like accomplish major goals. And it's cool. It's a very, a friend of mine, Kenny from Blemish, another young band I recommend. They have an album. Um, it's my last young band, I'll say. Sorry. I talk too much. No, but, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Omnipresence. It's coming out soon. June 2nd, the day of Necrofest, um, on Frozen Screams imprints, Omnipresence by Blemish. Incredible. I've heard it. It's already, like, they've already sent it to me because they're very awesome, nice folks. And it's incredible. It's their best work to date. If you like their, their split with Beastial Tongues or their demo, they had a pretty popular green demo in 2021. You're going to love this. This is awesome. It's very stomping, brutal death metal mixed with grindcore, gore grind, punk rock. It's incredible. But something that he said to me once in an interview is like, you know, it's really cool because some of the same people that I listen to when they're on stage, they're larger than life. 
you know, off stage, I can get to know that person and hang out with them and go out to eat with them or smoke a joint with them or whatever. And that's a cool thing when, you know, it's something a little bit more attainable and that, that does make your life more enriched and fulfilling. And I think that's why people, when they get involved in this type of music, stick around. Uh, yeah, yeah, well said. Um, and you mentioned, is one of those guys in Blemish, Kenny? Yeah, that's who said that, Kenny. I thought so. Okay. Yeah, because you did interview him. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to meet him. He was actually doing door at Kung Fu Necktie, the venue in Philly. Um, oh, yeah, he's working there now. I forgot about him. This, yeah, this was like last fall. I think it was when Reeking Aura performed there. But, I, I, you know, I spoke to him because um, he was, you know, I, he was like telling me he's into noise core and he knew about anal birth and, you know, this, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, shout out to Kenny if he happens to listen to this. I mean, I was going back and forth with him about trying to book anal birth, but that is, um, that's its own, uh, uh, that's its own game of phone tag. Um, you know, eventually we're going to get that project out for some more shows, man. But yeah, shout out to Kenny, man. Um, it was cool seeing him on the channel and he told me about Blemish, but I, I didn't like make the connection until I was watching those videos today. Yeah, so definitely shout out to Blemish and hopefully people check that out. Um, and, and a real one. He's a day one supporter of our channel. Yeah, n nice guy, man. Like I said, I met the guy, and I've been kind of like you know going back and forth messaging him, and and we weren't able to work out uh this this these shows we've been trying to do yet. But he was right off the bat trying to help me out get some shows for for uh, uh me and Adam's project, man. So, um, thanks to him for that. And uh, uh so good recommendations. We talked about Necrofest. We, we we didn't, admittedly, apologies to, to the bands we didn't get to. We left out some of the bands just for time constraints. But um, get there on time. Get there early. Watch the opening bands because there's no lame local opening emo core band that sold 40 tickets to open up this fest. It's not one of those type of deals. Every band is curated uh, from the depths of the underground scene. These guys have their ear to the ground on what's coming up. Um, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. I I don't know if like this is audio or video, but like the, the pin I have, Satanism. That's the opening band for Friday. It's uh Jeff. We do sound invitus. Uh, one of our bartenders, Herman, and uh, uh, Nick, who's also in Sortied and a few other bands. But, um, uh, yeah, it's like it's gonna be their second show, and they're like really really good. Just like shit, kind of like I, I haven't like heard their. I don't know if they have recordings yet, but just from like the live videos from their first show, it sounded like very very like Venom, just like. Or like Celtic Frost, but like a little more punk influence, but definitely like some like metal punk type of stuff sounded cool. So I'm excited. Dude, Jeff is so good at guitar. It doesn't like I'm not like new project doesn't matter. We like last year he did Hustler at Necrofest on Friday. It was awesome. Like yeah, he's just such a good shredder that like whatever he's in, I want to hear. Yeah, he's also in Shadowland, which is a sick band. I would expect nothing less, man. I, again, another person I should get on here, man. If anybody, if anybody out there thinks I dissed them because I never invited you on the show or because I talked to you at a show once and was like, "Yeah, let's do it," and I, dude, it's there's just so many people in so little time. Um, and with that being said, guys, you've been very generous with your time this evening. Uh, as I said, June second, third, and fourth. Uh, the first two days at St. Vitus Bar. The Sunday closing out at the Kingsland. All this information is available on social media. You can look for Necrofest, Mind Decay Productions, uh, and of course Zach Mild and your bands Oxalate and Comierta. Shout out to Jackie and Josh also uh, behind the scenes. Not necessarily on this call, but uh, but working hard behind the scenes on this Necrofest. Guys, any parting words for people who have followed your work and who are listening to this podcast? um well first i would just say i hope uh anyone who's thinking about coming to the fest 
decides to come out and has a has a great time and sees all the sick bands. And I would say if you are in New York that weekend, come through and um, check out all of Tage's videos on Mind Decay. Like, they're so good. Like, you could just go back for, for weeks and months and just see so much cool shit and uh, just support that. And also maybe uh, check out the videos from uh, last year that he did all the interviews and all the different live videos and the, the little mini documentary. And also, um, you know, thanks for having us. Both. This is awesome. Like, I, re I really appreciate this. Like, this is really cool. Like, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy listening to your podcast. So it's kind of like a little, a little crazy, like, you know, doing an interview with you because I've listened to your podcast, just like, you know, doing like the commute to work or whatever, you know, like, so it's cool. It's cool. I appreciate being here. I will say this. If you told 12 year old or like 13 year old me that I would get to zoom call with the singer of artificial brain, I would like shit. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I I appreciate it guys thank you hell yeah and that's what I was saying before like it, things that were like so crazy become like oh these are my friends now like people that I like look up to become your friends and that makes sense because that's why you would look up to those types of people because you find a community of good people um, my closing words would be um, if you're at Necrofest come say what's up to us if you want to be in the if you saw the mini doc and you want to be in it Come say what's up. We'll do an interview with you on the spot. If we're busy at that moment, we'll make time for it. We'll find a time. I want to talk to as many people as want to talk to us and probably a few more. So, uh, and Will, I just want to say to you, thank you so much for giving us this time and for having us on the show. I love the show and it was so much fun doing this. No problem. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the compliment and for you guys listening to 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 this podcast, man. Like you said, we're all colleagues in this, uh, uh, you know, on some level or another, man. And um, with that being said, guys, uh, have a great night, and we'll see you at Necrofest. Well, thank you, man. Cheers.